Hello, Internet. Welcome to another episode of This on That, a show where we take people we like talking about stuff they like. I am Chad Fogland. Oh, wait a second. That's who I am. You're Mike Solari. Oh, man, you got me. Damn I it. I fool you. So um, t- today's episode, I, w- I got to be honest with you. When I when our guest, Amy Nicholson of LA Weekly and the Canon, uh, mentioned to me that she wanted to do this topic, I was a little weary. I was like, I don't know where this conversation is going to go because the topic's animal sexuality. I was right on board because I love talking about animals having sex. So well, it's because you're an animal in the in the bedroom, right? Oh, I'm an animal in the bedroom, the kitchen, the bathroom. Um, but you know, honestly, this conversation was a, a far aside from being just enlightening and overall like fun to just have and talk about. I could have had this conversation for another three hours. And oh, I, yeah. And I think I would not have been bored. Well, Amy Nicholson is definitely one of my favorite people I've ever met in my life because she's just super intelligent. and Oh, she's so smart. Yeah, and you, you can hold a conversation with her for hours on end. And not realize the time that's gone by. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we've done a lot of talking about her. Um, again, it, for all the times we talked about it uh, in the past, if you like anything that we say in the show, there are show notes on MikeSolari.com. You can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, again, we're just called This on That. It's not that complicated, and guys. You can find us on Facebook. On Facebook. And we're also on Twitter, which we plug at the end of every episode. Um, we just we just, we just, just want to hear more from you. We haven't heard that much from you. And also, I, I want to throw this out to you, Chad. Chad, what do you think of our theme song? Is it it's that digital one you picked? Y- yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I don't. I think if there's any listeners out there that want to take any of our me and Chad talking and like put music under it and want to make a theme song for us, I think we should let them. Okay, I'm fine with that. That sounds good. Do it. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, I if you have a theme song idea, if you have an idea, like please send it to us on Facebook, send it to us on Twitter, make it go wild. Um and then if we like it, we will make it our official theme song. And we'll give you a shout out. We'll give you a shout out all the time because it will be in every episode. Yep. All right. But uh, I've done a lot of talking. Yeah, enough talking. Now let's talk at Amy Nicholson. About animals doing it. Yay. I don't. I know the internet will care. Fuck the internet. They're stupid. That's fair. Wait, uh, we're not recording, are we? We are, but you can say whatever the fuck you want. No. Oh. I, I say fuck the internet all the time. I, I'm 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 positive that, I, that the, the email account I put on for this page is flooded with uh, hate mail that I never read. Probably the internet is a will. scary place. I got yelled at by email this week for saying uh, biopic biopic. Oh, wait, wow. wait, 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 by saying. Biopic twice, or by saying just the word biopic? By saying it as biopic. This guy wrote me this thing, like, you need to be pronouncing it biopic. I was like, Oh, I honestly thought you were talking about, like, something that has to do with glasses, because I don't, because, like, optic, and I thought, like, like, bifocals, is that, like, a new thing? That's what I think you should call a film that's a biography. Well, I I listened to your other podcast, and I can imagine the kind of shit you... Why? What's your other? What's your? I'm. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. What? What is your other podcast? I told you about it. The canon. Which one? The canon. When I first. Oh! 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 Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Devin gets in fights because he can't say H's. People get mad at him for that. He gets hate mail for that. He says huge instead of huge. Yeah, huge. That's like a New York East Coast thing. Yeah, he's just a New York. Things are huge over here. Things are real huge over here. 
Sorry, Mike. Hey. Mike's for the East Coast. Hey. Hey, I can say my H's whenever I damn well feel like it. You didn't uh-huh. say it. Huge. Uh-huh. I think he's trying to. Drop the mic. <laughs> Uh, so Amy, we're here not to talk about the East Coast accents and how uh, amazing they are, but we're here to talk about animal sexuality, and that is something that not not human sexuality, not not human. <laughs> See, I can't. Now you're saying I can't not pronounce it with an H. Like I, I can't even fathom how that works. Human, no, no. <laughs> but uh, animal sexuality. Uh, so first off, what fascinates you most about it? And I think. Yeah, what first? What, what first? <laughs> now I can't talk, you asshole. Um, uh, what what fascinates you about it? Well, everything. I, I I was actually thinking about that on the drive over here. Why have I always been so interested in human sexuality? And there's you know factual answers. I was an anthropology major uh, in in school. When I was going through grad school, I um, helped pay for USC because USC is crazy expensive by being a TA for a class on animal sexuality because I just love that stuff. So I was like, yes, please throw me in, even though I was studying playwriting. Um, so I've always been interested in read and read and love to read about it. But I think where it comes from goes a little bit deeper, which is just that when you grow up girl, you're really interested in why do guys act the way they do and why do girls act the way they do and like why are guys so weird and we don't understand them. Isn't and that also just an anthropologist like mindset? It is, it's, yeah, it's, it's all of it. And the, a lot of anthropologists kind of bleed into this area of studying animal behavior. The, the teacher of my class actually at USC, the one that I was CAing for, is an anthropologist who specializes in bonobos. And so she uh, hangs out with a bunch of bonobos in San Diego and she actually named her firstborn son after one of her favorite bonobos. So it, there's a whole bleeding between animal and human at the very edge of the anthropological wow. world. But I, I think you can look to animals to try to understand humans, because we are animals. That's true. Now, are we talking about, like, how, like, during mating season for, like, like uh, deer and antelope, like, men will, the male species will, like, fight for dominance to see who can repopulate with the most, I guess, uh, fertile female or whatever. <laughs> or, or are we talking about, like, uh, a- animals and the, like, mindset of sex? Like, are there gay dogs? I like to think so. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, the answer to your question is maybe. And the answer to Chad's is... Yeah, like what you're talking about is kind of the key of what I'm of one yeah. of the things I find really interesting, which is when you look at the animal world of sexuality, you know, well first to jump back again, if we're talking about the way species evolve, right? You've got two things. You've got evolution, physical evolution as in um as in a natural selection through hardship, like who's better to equip to survive when there's mm-hmm. a famine, when there's, you know, cold weather, when everybody's like hot. Like who naturally has the right DNA for that? And then there's the second level, which is sexual se- uh, selection. Who is most likely to get laid and then have a kid that grows up and therefore their genes get passed on? And so when we talk about animal sexuality, we're really talking about the second one, which is a, which to me, what's so interesting about it is when you look at all of the animals in, in the world, for the most part, they all kind of follow the same script. Uh, dudes do really dumb stuff to get the females yeah. to sleep with them. It's all about dudes fighting in some sort of way, either physically with deers or through plumage like peacocks. Or yeah, I was yeah. going to say that. It's, it's funny to me that, like, when you think of, like, uh, certain types of birds or whatever, like, 
the birds that are the most colorful or flamboyant are the males. And exactly. The, and the because like they're trying to be like, look at me. Yeah. Yeah. It, people can't see, but uh, but uh, Chad just did a little dance that actually some birds <laughs> in the Amazon do do. They put their That's tails true. up and they kind of like shimmy around. That's how I get girls like, look at me. Well, it, I think that translates. It's like. You go to the club and there's people dancing and it's like that guy's a doofus and that guy's attractive. Well, there's a reason why like I, there's a term called peacocking. Well, for yeah, men, exactly. Like, you know. so. And that's exactly my point is that this is the truth of nature. This is the truth of how I think men and women uh, interact. However, if you open up a woman's magazine, it's all what can you do to get him to like you? How are women gonna make a guy happy? When the truth is women should just relax and guys will take care of it. Guys will fight and you can choose. But for some reason humans have over intellectualized this and we've turned it upside down. Yeah. So where women feel like it's their fault if a guy doesn't like them. When we should just follow the order of species and chill out. Not to go against my own gender here, but don't you think that that was something that came about like when magazines were coming out and they're like, yeah, 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 you know what? Why don't we just make it their fault? And I don't have to do anything. And I like that. I like doing nothing. Great, cool. Yeah, I think that's exactly what's still happening. Every Hollywood movie is like, I'm a loser guy who's afraid of chicks, but this girl's gonna get through my tough exterior and make me love her. Like, that's that's. Well, it's also like the, did you see that chart where they they were like, here are the age ranges of the couples they, they paired, and it's like, they're not close at all. It's like all the women are like, between like the ages of 22 and 28, and all the guys are between the ages of like 34 and 50. Yeah. It's true. It's true. But I, so humans are animals, and that, no, I think that's the key, the key of what this yeah, is animal. cool about. Well, I would just to hark on. I maybe as I always thought that like if if uh, there was a boy and a girl, and the boy was like, I feel like the the boy's like, I want to go out and have sex or whatever. They're gonna have a lot harder time like finding someone to like mate with, uh, as opposed to a girl if she was just like, I'm gonna go have sex. Like she could go out and like have a multiple choice of like who she would like to have sex with like it's not that hard like to not to say <laughs> sorry <laughs> but it's just hey, that's... hey all you haters on twitter we're gonna give chad's handle at the end go at him <laughs> you, call, you call I always mean, can <laughs> i went to catholic school so i'm really innocent but yeah. i assume that that's how it works well yeah i would i would because like <laughs> i mean i'm not like super experienced either but like <laughs> uh, I feel like if if I were a woman, like I could go out to a nightclub. Go on. And uh, like uh, many guys, because I've I've had friends who are women, and I've had girlfriends, and I and like and I've been single in my time too. Like so, like I know that like if I go to a bar or whatever, like there'll be multiple girls there that I can hit on, and like so if one of them were, if any of them were like I want to go out tonight or whatever, like they have the they have a plenty plenty of opportunities to like make any of anything that they want to happen that night happen with a plethora of guys. <laughs> Maybe I'm naive. Why uh, am I trying to speak so fucking weird today? I, I don't know, Chad. I, don't, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Was, uh, yeah, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> I th- but animals! <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think it's weird to think because like you're, there are a lot of similarities that w- that's great to look at between people. But let's start with the the differences because I mean, like if we we're talking about animal sexuality, we might as well talk about human sexuality too. Uh, our brains are more evolved than some animals. It's a fact. We're a little we're bit. smart. Yeah, like we can talk. Like we get that. Um, We've built societies. You know, uh, well, ants, animals ants would be like, "Come on, man." Yeah. Don't... Well, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying like animals can't build societies, but like we found electricity. So, like, what you got, dear? 
Um, I think, aren't there some ants with electricity? Yeah, and uh, like dolphins have sonar. I never so. claimed okay. to be smart on animals, okay, guys? <laughs> uh, but my, my point is... Like there's this whole like logic game. Like we can we have the, the thoughts that we get, I like to I mean, I think are different than the a lion going, That one is is a little bit we're a little bit more evolved past. Well that. that's I mean that goes back to the fact that why we were human beings have reversed it, like in that sense, mm-hmm. like that it's because we have the ability to overanalyze everything that comes oh, into our life. Okay, well I'm glad you you mentioned that because that's the point I was getting to. Uh it was, uh, you know, you go out you, and you think, you know what? Part of me wants to be like, I have to, uh, I, I, that person I'm attracted to, that person's dope, that person is a person I want to, uh, I'm not going to say the to word. To what? Huh? To what? To, I was going to say mate because of the animal <laughs> thing, but that sounds awful. That I, sounds, just wanted, I, I just wanted to make you say something. Oh, no, I was going to say something. I was I was just looking for the word to not sound creepy, but here we are. Um, Wait, let's tell you what. For the purpose of this conversation, mate is okay. Deal? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it makes it sound like that was my go-to word. It's not. <laughs> like, I was just trying to make it fit the conversation. Oh, I, I already used it, so it's... Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and, but, like, it doesn't make... You, there's no conversation that works where it's like, hey, you're really attractive. Want to hang out? And I feel like that never works. Or maybe I'm just not attractive enough to have that as the, like the receptive thing i feel like there's in animals i mean not the they're speaking like that but i feel like uh one lion could go up to another lion and be like so uh well that i i that brings up an interesting question like like i guess i wouldn't know this but maybe amy you know this like do animals uh fornicate just for fun uh, some of them do. Yeah. Dolphins do, which is why I'm uh, kind of afraid of dolphins, because dolphins have sex for fun, and they also um, rape for fun yeah. and power and dominance. That's why dolphins are a little frightening. Um, in but the they mo- always look like they're smiling. Yeah, and they're the worst. <laughs> like That's why I prefer a shark to a dolphin, because with a shark, you know what you're getting. Well, a shark's just pre-programmed it. I do this. <laughs> or is a dolphin actually like, I can do anything I want. Aren't I cute? Aren't I cute? Exactly. <laughs> And then in the monkey world, uh, the ape world, technically, there's, mm-hmm. there are um, species that have sex for fun. There's, um, if we're going to get real nerdy, there's like... Let's do it. All right, let's get nerdy. There's like three main ape uh, primate groups that I find really interesting, and that's the gorillas and the chimpanzees and the bonobos. How much do you guys know about bonobos? Not very much. I, I know more than Chad. I, I've read stuff. I've studied stuff. I did like a bunch of ethics things oh. that like were examining bonobos. Mm. My favorite, and I feel like uh, you know the 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 Freakonomics monkey. I think it was bonobos were in that study. Probably, yeah. Yeah, about the. I'll, I'll, I'll I want to tell the story because it's great yeah, for sexuality. So there was this scientist, uh, and it's in Super Freakonomics in like a bonus section, like at the end. Uh, great book, you should read it. But there's a section that is it's fascinating. Is there's this study, and they wanted to introduce currency to like monkeys to see if they could. Oh yeah. Do, they, if they could, if they could. Get the concept of this of currency. So every day a guy would come in with coins. There'd be two different kinds of coins. One was bigger, one was smaller, and the bigger one was more money. And then there would be like cucumbers and like different fruits and stuff. And they were trying to say, "You want the cucumber? You got to give me like one coin." And eventually the monkeys figured out uh, economy. Well, two things happened. One, one day when the guy came out with the coins, the monkeys. Uh, or bonobos, I feel like monkeys is pejorative in a it's way. It's a little pejorative. But uh, can I, for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to say monkeys because yeah, um, were the monkeys mating? 
No, no. Oh. So they take the they take the tray and the guy's about to hand them out and they or- orchestrated a bank robbery. So <laughs> bank robbery is in our DNA. We'll, we, if there's something we want, we'll go we'll organize ourselves to take it. The second thing that happened and this is the more fascinating thing is guy gives a mon- the guy gives the monkey the coin. He then watched this happen. A monkey walked over to a female monkey. A male monkey walked over to a female monkey. They had sex. He gave her the coin. She walked over and bought a cucumber. So, <laughs> and so they basically concluded like prostitution is in our DNA. <laughs> So stuff like that, I feel like that trans. It's weird translating things that like when you uh, like add a little bit of humanity, uh, if economy is something in humanity, uh, you can start seeing it in the animal world. It's super true. And that's bonobos, I think. Yeah, bonobos are bonobos are fascinating because they okay. Bonobos look exactly like chimpanzees too, but they're a little bit smaller. And it the theory about bonobos is that they were chimpanzees who just separated a little bit from a from a from the herd of chimpanzees went into a slightly different ecosystem. I think theirs was more grassy and less tree-oriented. And then uh, with distance, they just formed their own society. It, what they did is instead of having this male-dominated society, which male chimpanzees, which, which is the truth for chimpanzees, um, they formed when that was female-based, where the woman was the head of the, chimpan- of, of the bonobo household. And people love comparing chimpanzees to bonobos because on the whole, bonobos are like the peaceful, sexy monkeys. They, res- they don't fight with each other. They're not that aggressive. And when two bonobos are mad at each other, they have sex to, like, chill out. <laughs> they're just like, you'll see in the bonobo world, like, one bonobo will be mad at the other one, and then the bonobo will just walk up and, like, kind of masturbate it for a second, and then, like, okay, we're cool. How, how many times do you think a scientist is just sitting there and they're just watching bonobos go at it? All the time. Like, it's <laughs> oh, bonobos. Yeah. They're crazy. But then the bonobos are not as peaceful as people think. Like, when the female bonobo is in charge and she's male at a, at a She's mad at a male bonobo. There have been cases where she'll just grab a male bonobo by the testicles and squeeze them out until they pop. Oof. I, I didn't. Mean, I didn't need to hear that. I have a lot of penis facts about apes. If you guys are interested, <laughs> I guess. I, I guess this is the section where we're gonna talk about it. So go for it. Okay. Penis facts about apes. Cool. I mean, well, isn't, it, isn't, isn't it true that like, like um, there are cases where uh, chimpanzees have attacked humans for. Whatever reason, probably probably because the humans are being assholes, but like they'll destroy their genitals, like as whoa, a, yeah, yeah, like they'll rip them off and like yeah, that's it's just like that's how they understand like that's how to hurt yeah yeah. Chimps are mean and they're cannibalistic yeah. too. They'll fight and eat each other, and they uh, practice huge amounts of infanticide. Like male chimpanzees yeah. are always killing the babies of female chimpanzees, and the reason behind that is. Um, if a female chimpanzee is nursing, if she's still taking care of an infant, that means her body is not fertile. Like, all of her, um, I don't know, estrogen, or I'm blanking on the word, is, like, going towards nursing, so that chimpanzee can't get her pregnant. And that's a waste. That chimpanzee is like, well, my job on Earth is to, like, have more chimpanzees and create, like, a master race of my DNA. So he'll kill her baby so that he can then mate with her when she's done, since she isn't breastfeeding anymore, and she can have his baby instead. So... This is really interesting because what's happened is the female ben- the female chimpanzees got a little wise to this and just started sleeping with all of the male chimpanzees. And so when you look at chimpanzee culture, it's it's super promiscuous, which is a word we're not supposed to use anymore because it's loaded. But it's a defense mechanism where women are like, well, if I sleep with all of these guys, they're not going to know if that's their baby or not. So maybe they won't kill it. Wait, I, I'm sorry. I, this is totally off topic. Yeah. Is promiscuous not PC anymore? Is that like is that like a human thing or just for when we're talking about the study of animals? You're actually not supposed to use it in both cases lately. Like, they, I can't keep up. It's tough. 
like because they feel that promiscuous even in the ape world is used more to apply to females than males they feel like it's biased ah uh, gotcha gotcha but yeah so that's a lot of the reason of of chimpanzee behavior and if we're going to talk penis facts, which I just told you I would, like, uh, you know, we were talking about peacocking and we were talking about male competition. And then they also do a thing called sperm competition, which is um, which can take place in a lot of forms. Like in the insect world, sperm competition can be a bug with that shoots out so much sperm that any other bug's sperm that could possibly be in this bug he wants to mate with will just get flushed out by his own. You know, and it's like this weird like hosing technique where he's like, well, his is gone and now mine is in there and everything's going to be fine. And then there's other insects that will, you know, put it in and then they'll and then when they're done, they just pull out and it breaks their penis off. And so their penis just plugs up the woman for life and she can't sleep with anybody else. Yeah. So he has she has to. I've read about that. Yeah, it's horrible. And then some women, some female insects and pigs, too, have started developing um, these uh, like I guess uterine defenses, where they're so they are so annoyed that all these men might be like or pigs might be kind of taking them without their choice, that um, their uteruses have gotten more and more complicated and they've turned into corkscrews. I know, I heard that yeah. I heard about yeah that uh, a pig's penis then became corkscrewed it because corkscrew. so like they like have to corkscrew into each other. Yeah, that happened because the the female pigs evolved so that unless a male pig made their ovaries relax, which maybe they only only happened when they liked him, and uh, then they weren't going to ever drop an egg. And then the male penis was like, well, I'm going to make my penis go like this so I can get your ovaries no matter what. And so, then its tail started cutting curly. And <laughs> Yeah, so that's sperm competition. And that means when you look at the penises of males, be they you know mammal or insect or human, which is, I guess is also a mammal, you can see a lot about how that society approaches monogamy. Because mm -hmm. if men aren't having to compete, then they don't have to have crazy penises that, like, do a lot of stuff. They can just have simple penises. The crazier the penis. Yeah. The, the <laughs> more sexual the male. Yeah, the crazier the penis, the, the more com comp uh, competitive it is. Fair. Yeah. So Fair. that's why when you look at chimpanzees, they have huge penises. And when you look at gorillas, who instead have this harem society where, like, one gorilla takes over seven female gorillas... Every other male gorilla gets expelled. They have to live on their own, like outside of the herd. They don't get any women. And so this gorilla doesn't have to do anything except like lift weights, be ready to fight a gorilla if it comes to try to take his women. But otherwise, all the chicks are his. So he has a small penis. Like, and, and so they, when they do the proportional studies to figure out, well, are humans more like apes naturally? Or are we supposed to be more like, are we supposed to be more like chimpanzees? It's like, are we Mormons or are we hippies? You know, we basically fall in the middle. So human male penis size is kind of both ape and chimpanzee. We're not sure if we're made to be monogamous or not. That's fascinating. That's what that's what I came to say, guys. So, yeah. but no, I think what you I think the I think the takeaway from that is that if you have a really small penis, you are so manly mm -hmm. that you don't need it. Whatever you well, need what, to think. What a percentage of animal? <laughs> what percentage of animals? Pump those brakes, Amy. <laughs> What percentage of animals are monogamous for life, though? I mean, there's, there are, they're like, um, is, it, is it penguins? Like certain birds, like mate for life. Yeah, right? like, you know, that that's or am that's I a lie that's it's been lie? promulgated okay. by the bird industry. God damn you, bird! Wait, what? What's the benefit of the bird of, of big of conglomerated bird to say 
No, they made for life. We should protect them. We're talking about films like March of the Penguins that made a ton of money. No, no yeah. here's the thing. It's the answer is kind of yes and kind of no. Like in the bird world, there are birds that pair off and have a nest and like keep that nest and raise children together, and live in the same house. But when scientists went and tested the eggs of the of the children they were raising, about one third of the time, the egg was actually not the father's. The female birds are like stepping out on the male birds all the time, but the male birds are just raising these kids of other birds, anyways. So it's, a, I mean, like if we had a bird Maury show, like mm-hmm. it would be, like happening all the time. Yeah, absolutely. So is that does that mean there's some bir- some male birds out there are just like flying solo, <laughs> yeah. like just like, like I never go tied down to a nest. Yeah, like ruining it for everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's really. No, not there's really not any mammal that they've been or animal that they've been able to prove does actually mate for life. Even if they hang out for life, they're almost never faithful. Huh? Right? That's crazy. When you know that, then it, then the idea of marriage gets really scary. Yeah. Oh, I'm bumming people out now. No, 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 no. Mike's <laughs> uh, just thinking. No, I am. I'm deep in thought. Well, now. there is that. There's uh, what's that? Um, there's a uh, even in the human society. <laughs> what is uh there's what's that uh, term before people like mate they're like they're like like i, I i'm a couple with this girl but like she dates other people and i date other people. open oh, like, relationships or polyamory yeah, polyamorous. Polyamorous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i think it's interesting because in the last you know 20 years maybe especially the last 10 with dan savage leading the cause yeah. like people are having these open conversations about are humans supposed to be monogamous we've been talking about it forever and the truth is there's a pretty compelling argument to be made that this it was a setup by men in the past who just needed, like, they needed... The idea is that when man settled down and started domesticating the farms and started staying in one place, and it wasn't just a bunch of hunter-gatherers wandering around in these tiny bands where it was kind of a sexual free-for-all, mm-hmm. once people set down roots and needed houses and needed to have kids and needed to plow fields and needed to do stuff as a community that you had to have like you know more and more people living within a radius of each other, then it became crucial that they figure out some rules because men were fighting all the time over the women, is the theory. Yeah. So this is when you know religion and culture butted in. And it was like, okay, one guy for every girl just to cut down on men killing each other. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd only have like a couple men and a bunch of women because the men would just be murdering. Yeah, I, it's, it's weird. I wonder if we... Like all those years ago, and all that, like, the, if all the religion and all that stuff just kind of got pushed out of the way, and we got into a space where, what, like, right now, like, we, like, we grow up and we see like marriage everywhere. We see it in movies and TV. We see it in our own families. We see the nuclear family, uh, and even that, how that has evolved. But we see how uh, society works, and that's pretty much how the world has functioned with people. And I wonder what our mindsets would be if from the get-go uh, people were really open, like, all the time. Because we would see – because it definitely – there is a nurture aspect of it. I feel I, – I mean, you see it in anything from, like, a, uh, an old person who grew up in, like, the 40s or the 50s and they're super racist, but they're not – but they're also not really racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, whoa, I can't believe they'd say that because we grew up in a time where it's like – Oh, we don't. Right. Of course, we don't say that. Of right. course, like you and promiscuity, the rules change. And yeah, exactly. Um, and I think, like, I think the same thing has to go. Like, one of my, I'm gonna get nerdy and off topic for a half a minute, oh, but this is good. Uh, I one of my favorite things that they did in the Doctor Who revival is the 
They were like, oh, yeah, that uh, when they talk about uh, Captain Jack, he's like, oh, he's from the 52nd century. Everyone's just like it's basically everyone's bisexual. We've kind of gone the way of sexual orientation because everybody's just pushed past it. It's like, well, who cares? Whatever. It's like, yeah, he's just from the he's from the like progressive future, whatever. And I think about like that, like in terms of like society evolving, like what happens if we if the whole marriage spectrum when we start like examining it gets more loose, because especially in today's society, there is a more conducive polyamorous relationship. I think the internet helped that as well. Um, well, people are able to connect with exactly mo- more people than they used to be in the past. Like, you yeah, you weren't just like limited to your circle of friends and the circle of friends that are overlap that, or like the city you're in. Like, right, you're not just you like Archie like, with Betty and Veronica. Yeah, you can be yeah. like everywhere. Yeah, um, but then. I think that that goes back to, I want to bring it back to animal sexuality now, is with nurture and how those societies come in, I feel like that must play a part because all that stuff that I just talked about is how we, when we first see the world and then it molds our brains. I wonder how that affects animals. I wonder, you know, because I, th- I think about all of this stuff a lot and I wonder if maybe the birds have it right. Like maybe what we're supposed to do is set up shop, have a partner, do a cool thing, like team up for life, but not be too angry if like something goes something down. happens. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like like the importance is like make sure our children get raised or whatever, right? But like, you know, we don't need to like I mean, come on. Yeah, come home for dinner, well, we'll it, have some it does worms, make sense we'll to like TV. how many marriages like are, are like people stay together for the sake of the children, right? But then also like due to the fact that they have so much tension in the marriage, it kind of uh, stunts the development of the children because yeah. like mommy and daddy are fighting all the time. They're not like happy. It's like kind of, it, it, vol- it makes them then when they get grow up and become in relationships, it's like this is how relationships work, right? Like we're supposed to be like tension and fight all the time. Well, I think that that also, we talked about this before, Chad, is life expectancy extended way past. Like when people used to get married at like, yeah. 14 they died at 30 so they were married for 10 years or whatever and now people are like i'm i know that math back in the 60s check yeah (laughs) way back then but uh uh, also i know that math doesn't track no no i get i know you're you're making a point so when you finish your point i won't make fun of you i promise i don't believe you but okay (laughs) uh (laughs) then like life expectancy goes longer and the marriage in turn is getting longer and maybe I mean, you see it a lot, especially with people who have been together for, like, 20 years and really can't stand each other versus, like, the small percentage of people who are like, no, I really do love this person. I really do uh, need to be with them. But maybe – but you see, like, it, as the years go by, there's more and more drop-off. Yeah, like, what if we all just raise kids thinking you're going to fall in love, you're going to meet somebody, you're going to have kids, it's going to be the best 10 years, and then you're allowed to, like, go and date somebody else? Or even take it a step further and be like, listen – as long as you're being safe and being a good human being and, tr- and like, really not being a dick, I, 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 that's how my parenting is going to go. Uh, <laughs> just don't be a dick, guys. Uh, do, whatever you, do whatever makes you feel happy, as long as it really doesn't hurt anybody. Well, yeah, because the weird thing is, to, to add to your point, like, humans have evolved to live much longer than we were probably supposed to. When you look at uh, female reproduction, for example, <clears throat> which I find really interesting, Women were designed to, you know, have their first baby around 17 or 18. We're talking like cavemen women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, for, for women, um, kind of like I was talking about a second ago, the ability to have kids is tied to body fat. And so if you're like a hunter-gatherer, you're not eating a lot, 
you know, you're not going to get your period until you're a little bit older. You're not going to get it at like 11, 12, the way kids do now. You're going to get it when you're a teenager. Then you're going to get pregnant fairly soon after. But because there's not a lot of food, you're going to be breastfeeding this baby until it's five. So you're going to be pregnant from like seven, you're pregnant to at 17. You're not going to have your next kid till maybe 23. And then you're going to have the next kid at like 28. And then maybe you'll die. If you live a little bit longer, you might have like one more kid. But so in this whole life expectancy, you're all, you're still only having maybe three kids. You're not like a dugger. You're not having like kids every year because yeah. you're not designed to do that. And that's the ability to stay fat in a weird, it's not even fat, but just fat-ish has changed the way that females are able to get pregnant all the time. And it's really bad on your health. Like women aren't supposed to have that many kids the way some people do. They're not supposed to have their periods all the time. We're supposed to be breastfeeding infants. We're not supposed to get them every month. Yeah. And that we are is like contributing to cancer. Which is why they found out that some women who go on birth control that limits your... Did you guys want all this period talk? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, go for it. I'm interested in it. I I am so fascinated in all the right ways. (laughs) And yeah. But that's why women who are on birth control that limits having menstrual cycles actually do have lower rates of cancer because that's more what their bodies were designed to do. Yeah, no, I have... not have a period all the time. I have read about that before. Yeah, it's like you should be on the pill because it helps. Yeah. I, I never even thought like the way you the way you fr- uh, frame that like the design of the female body. I've never thought about that like oh if I was gonna build a machine, okay I want it to start like it, it needs to it needs to like get used to the world. Okay I'll let it do that. Then we're gonna start giving it its purpose. Okay great. And then well it doesn't need to do that for forever. So I guess at around like I don't know fifty it'll just stop. Yeah. And and it, hopefully by then it died. Like, uh, yeah. no, I'm not, by the way, that's not me saying women should die before 50. No, no, Don't, no, no. <laughs> uh, I'm saying like in older times, but. But it is perverse that we're uh, still no, yeah, alive. But, yeah, and um, and I wonder how that's going to affect evolution from years on out. Like, yeah. I wonder if like menopause starts at a later time now because it's like, oh, we're just alive longer. Or yeah. if like what you said, like with the way periods start or earlier now, like that's just fascinating because I mean, I I don't view people as like, we were a design or we were a machine or I, I just, I like, well, the, I like to ascribe to things just happening. It's just like my mother was a mistake, like late in life with her parents. Like they had a boy and then 10 years later, like they accidentally, my, my, my mom's mom got pregnant. It's like she was an accident. So like, like I, my grandparents were like my dad's parents, my dad's grandparents on my dad's side were like about 15 years younger than my other grandparents. So it was really, it was kind of weird, and I didn't really understand it for a long time. And my mother also had this nickname, this is an interesting story, uh, <laughs> that from this uh, great aunt of mine, she always called her Quitsy, and I didn't understand why that was her nickname. And then it, I got told the whole story once, like, her mother got pregnant on accident, and, like, uh, she was in labor, like, when she was in her 40s or whatever, like, had my mother. Wow. And... Uh, after she got done giving birth to my mother, like the aunt was there and she's like, oh, what are you gonna call it? And like my grandmother was so like just mad and pissed off about having a baby. She's like, I'm calling it quits. Never again having a baby. So then that's why my mom's nickname was Quitsy for all her life. Uh, and and like, <laughs> I don't know, I, I, I only speculate, but like, the weird thing about these grandparents was like they slept in different rooms, and I almost wonder if like they separated at that point. Like, nope, you're not getting me yeah. pregnant again. Like, we're staying, in, we're sleeping in separate rooms, no more. <laughs> oh shit! Sorry. 
<laughs> I have no idea. And I apologize to my mother if like she didn't want that story out there, but I don't think she would care. Like, it's it's a cute story. I think it's adorable. Any story where we can like start bringing in. I think you've told the story on every podcast. Oh yeah, I know. My life is a is open a, book. It's an open book, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I I usually mention at least one person I've dated and some personal fact about. Well, myself. that's why I, I I always will be like when you go like oh okay so there was this person I'm like oh did you date them? <laughs> uh, mm, <yeah>. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Uh, to bring it back to um, the animals yeah. for a moment. What. Uh, what else is going on with, like the sexuality that you brings you into fascination, Chad? Do you have anything? Well, on it's I, I I am interested in the fact that like the way that you know the male species will has developed differently from the female species. You know, like how they, they just physically change. Like like turkeys uh, bog, boggle my mind. Like you know how the turkey has like a big like their heads are all like they have like a like a beard and like bulbous thing on their head and everything. Like they have these all this like kind of more muscular mm-hmm. stuff on their face or whatever. It's really interesting to me. And I was trying to, like, look up kind of animal sexuality stuff, and I just, uh, you know, went through this article real quick about turkeys and how, like, their faces are, like, how that's, like, an attractive, like, the male, like, more, like, the bigger <laughs> their jowls or their facial... I don't know. It was, just, it was just interesting to me that that was like that. Female turkeys have such a weird taste. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, look at that. Mm, that guy's got and so much we, extra skin around his face. <laughs> and then the, our brains, their brains just knew it so much. It's like, all right, we have to evolve so that way the girls like us even more. Yeah, let's I, add more shit on that, there. That's why I was like interested. Like, I didn't really get. I didn't get to get. I didn't, uh, I wasn't able to read more in the articles I wanted to because I kind of wanted to know if it was like if it was purely just for sexual attraction or if it was like to keep them warm like why there's so much like skin on their face (laughs) well what's weird about it i mean the way it happens is just you know there's two turkeys two male turkeys yeah one's pretty wrinkled the other one has like an extra wrinkle maybe he's the one that gets laid and just their baby probably has an extra wrinkle yeah they they, it's just selecting for the natch for the next wrinkle then in the next generation that baby's competing against maybe another normal baby and they're like, oh, let's go with the extra wrinkle, and it just gets more and diluted. More. It gets more diluted, yeah. Yeah, and so it just it just keeps building on that same DNA until it doesn't make sense anymore. And then all turkeys have big, wrinkly, muscular yeah. faces. But it's weird that idea of female pickiness and choice kind of bothers me because even though I know what's going on, it when I catch myself doing real basic, basic, basic ape things, it drives me nuts. <laughs> like there is a thing that. Women in the, in the animal kingdom do like peacocks, do like, uh, in the chimpanzee kingdom, they flock to like the chiefs, the leaders, because they feel like if anything goes down, if there's a famine, this dude that everybody likes is the one who can at least probably get food. He can get yeah. favors from people. People will do nice things for him. So if you're popular in the ape world, women want you more. And I hate that because I see it in myself. Like there's a guy, I'll be like, oh, he seems nice. He's a friend of yours. He's cool. And then he'll get on stage or something and do something amazing. And all of a sudden he's more attractive to me. Yeah. And I know that that's what it is, but I fall for it every time. That's huh. that's true. I, I'll admit that like when I, in high school and stuff, I was very not popular with the ladies. College, I was not so popular. But then when I started doing stand up, like I had, I for the like when I moved out to LA and I was doing stand up like every night, I had an influx of possible dating options, and it was a lot. It was very weird because like I didn't feel like I was any more attractive than I was previously. But I think it was a, a lot of times it was 
it felt like there were girls who were like, you, oh man, you're so funny on stage. I can't believe you're so brave. And like, I can't believe you did that. And it's like, well, was it didn't seem like that much to me, but it's like, well, okay, pretty girl, let's go on a date. Like, <laughs> go on, go on any dating profile on any dating website. There, I'll say ninety percent of all girls say the same thing. I want a funny guy who's who likes who's down to earth, but is good to have fun and is nice. But isn't it? Do you think it's more than? that? I think it's like confidence, right? It's oh, it's like, totally the confidence. It's just the fact like, that like they can command a room. Commanding a room. Yeah. that's it. And you know what it is? It's it's you are able to have all eyes on you yeah. and not lose them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that I think that, that that that's the popularity thing that you were talking yeah. about, Amy. Is like it, it's Simba on top of Pride Rock. It's all, all eyes on you. Well, it's, it's the and, quarterback in high school who. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the you're the leader. Why, yeah. You're the and I get I, and I, it's weird because I've I've always just equated it to that confidence is attractive. But now that you've put it in that frame, it's like oh no, it's not confidence. It's the perception of leadership. Mm-hmm, that's exactly. Yeah, it. because I I will say like I was ne- I've never been more I've never been like felt like I was more confident on stage versus off stage. It was just like I was just doing something that I wanted to do, and the side effect of that was like I was in front of a room of people with a microphone. So like, well, I gotta it, get on stage more often, <laughs> man. I just <laughs> <laughs> the thing is because. A lot of this, since it, a lot of studies just deal with the question of female choice, nobody ever talks that much about male choice because it's almost understood in so many of the animal societies that men are just kind of like yeah, whatever. <laughs> like if you're fertile and you can bear my child, cool, not not a big deal. And so I don't know if there's a male equivalent to like females in the modern era seeing a dude on stage and being like, oh, I love you. No, that's I I I think that is. I mean, like I I know that I have. There's been moments where I'll. Uh, listen to music or a singer or like see someone on stage or like uh read something or something written by somebody and be like oh like and then i feel like a little bit more like i like that person like i don't know why what it is but i kind of like that person more than most people i don't like it's it's a sense of like um i think it's when a female commands my attention it's kind of it's a it's attractive like in a way also, I think it goes that, both ways is what you're saying. Yeah, I think it goes both ways. But also, I feel like the older I've gotten, the more picky I have become. Well, as as you should. I mean, yeah, I think that that's another thing. It's like when I was all testosterone and just uh, full balls, uh, I'm sure I was just like, whatever, man. But like now that I'm almost 40, I do feel like I have a tendency where I'll meet like I'll see like an attractive girl and I'll be like, oh, she's really hot. And then if I talk, if I talk to her, I'm like, ugh, no, I don't want to fucking have anything to do with her. Like, like there's a, I, I'll never forget this. I in this bathroom stall once, <laughs> I, someone this is start, written, starting, this story is starting it's amazing. That, in this bathroom stall, there was written on Shopping Market was like, no matter how attractive she is, somewhere someone is sick of her shit. And I'll never forget. <laughs> that. Like, it's so fucking true. It's like, no matter how hot she is, somewhere. Oh my god, can we make T-shirts of that? <laughs> I think that's amazing. I'm, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's somewhere else. I believe it's like a picture of an angry pig or something. Yeah. Being like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Down that corkscrew vagina. <laughs> um, so any final thoughts on animal sexuality and like anything else? Because I know we we talked about some specifics. We went into more specific things. We went into the monogamy we went into defense we went into a couple other things but is there any other things that you think we should touch on that we didn't 
that w- that the listeners would and me and Chad because we're both fascinated right now. I I, I could go on for I would love to, this conversation to go on for yeah. another two hours. I'm I'm, I'm good with that. And it's kind of my jam. But um, <laughs> yeah, the one thing I love talking about uh, is um, predicting the future of what's going to happen to humankind with evolution and mating. Mm-hmm. And it struck me uh, fairly like I guess in college that there's one book that I think nailed it in a, in a way that makes me really uncomfortable, and that's H.G. Wells' The Time Machine. Have you guys read that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, with like the way the Morlocks devolve. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. the Morlocks and the Eloy. Because H.G. Yeah. Wells was writing that in a time of you know industrialization, and he thought, well, what's going to happen is we're going to have the workers and we're going to have the upper class. And the upper class is going to be tall and thin, and they're going to be kind of lazy, and they're going to just sort of flit around and be in charge. And then the worker class is going to be short and squat and strong, but not that... <clears throat> not in like the best physical shape, you know, not the most attractive, and they're going to live in the dark. And he's thinking only in terms of like musculature and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I worry about that because I feel like it's starting to come true now the more we learn about diets and human health. Because one of the most interesting articles I read was maybe 10 years ago, longer, in The New Yorker, and it was about human height. And it said, you know, we have a couple of misconceptions wrong about human height. One is this idea that human height is just genetic and fixed. That, you know, if you're from, like, a tall country like Sweden, you're more likely to be tall and your people will always be more tall and you'll always be more tall than somebody from, say, Colombia, mm-hmm. you know? But what they found out in, in the last couple of years in doing tests with, say, like, separated twins or people who immigrated and left their family when they were babies is that it actually doesn't have that much to do with where you're from or your DNA or your parents that, like, exclusively. It's all about the diet that you had when you were a baby and your prenatal care. So babies mm. who are born to parents with better access to food, parents uh, who you know can afford to take their babies to the doctor a lot, these parents tend to have kids that are taller on average than like people with who grew up more poor, and that's really interesting because a couple of things like have spiraled. I'm sorry, I could talk about this. Oh, go, for it, go. go for it. Go for it. Okay, a couple of interesting things have spiraled out of that. One of them is that in uh, the 1940s, Americans were the tallest people on earth. We were like the super soldiers. You know, we were mm. gigantic. And we had a lot of pride in that. We're like, oh, we're Americans. We eat great. We have the best food. Look at us. Yeah. Over the last 60 years, we've we've stopped growing. We've actually gotten a little bit shorter. And they've they've done all the tests. It has nothing to do with immigration. It has nothing to do with the gene pool. You know, like having um, a generation or two of shorter people coming in from shorter countries has nothing to do with that. Just Americans have gotten shorter because our diets are worse. Meanwhile, countries that have really good prenatal care and really good uh, nutrition for kids, like Holland, are getting taller. So now people in Holland are taller than us on average by two years. And this is a thing, or two inches. And this is something that's happened in like a generation, you know, one or two generations. And How does that reflect in 100 years from now is what you're thinking? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like, is that because of the additives and preservatives we have in our food and stuff like that? Like, it's A it's lot like, of that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you think about it. I used to, when I first moved to L.A. and I was poor and I was seeing this class and I was working my through grad school, I was a tutor for rich kids. I taught, like, high school kids the SAT and middle school kids a test whose name I forgot because I guess I wasn't that good at teaching it. And I would go into these homes and all the rich kids had all this organic food and people being like, have your organic applesauce, have this, have that. And they're eating really high quality stuff. And then I also would teach like, you know, kids in poor neighborhoods because they would send us out too because they wanted to try to make it as equal as we could. So we're not contributing to a society where one class of people is just smarter than another because that's terrifying. So we would go to also like, you know, inner city schools here in L.A., and you'd see how what they eat, and they're just like living on hot Cheetos and stuff. And you think that's going to really have an effect. And so I don't think H.G. Wells was thinking about diet when he wrote no. The Time Machine. 
But if this continues, I, it, 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 we could conceivably become like bonobos and chimpanzees. Like humankind could splinter. Because, you know, rich kids and poor kids don't intermarry that much. No. You know, they don't have a lot of kids. And There's this n- could be the start of a change. Well, it's also like the idiocracy thing. It's mm-hmm. like the... There's also like a, a thing with like, oh, I can put off having a kid and that means I have less kids. But exactly. you're, when you're uh, in a more successful, like, like people who are like, let's let's use like the entertainment industry, actors who are like, I'm only going to get enough out of this body uh, to get me the money I need to get now. I can't waste it on having a kid right now. I'll put it off till I'm in my mid 30s. And then that will obviously hinder the like amount of kids if you're even able to have kids. Meanwhile, the people who are like, Let's. Uh, I'll just have like six kids, or like yeah. the crazy amount of kids, and then that dilutes the pool. But I, diet is an interesting thing because I, uh, I, I like the other day I got handed a book by my friend, by my roommate, and he was like, "You should try this book." And it was like, the method was like, you should eat like si- these six meals at these six times, and they're like at different proportions, and that will keep your metabolism going, and it will keep you going. The next week, I was I met a guy, and he was like, "No, you got to try this diet that I I was on. <laughs> that got me ripped." And its whole thing is you shouldn't do that because it's going to slow your metabolism down. It's like nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything. And no. it's the same thing with like babies. It's like how do you how how should you put the baby down when it goes to bed? It always should be on its side. Oh, it should be on its back. It's changed for forever. I know that like whatever diet I'm going on is totally wrong for me. It's like the whole like, oh, you should eat wheat bread like a couple years back. And it's like, no, you shouldn't eat wheat bread. Don't do it. Uh, It seems like the only thing they've been able to conclude is that you should eat things that are just like a proper noun on 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 itself. You should eat a steak or a potato or broccoli or carrots, but you should not eat anything that comes in a bag or has more than three ingredients. Yeah. Not that I always follow that. I had like those Lay's Gito flavored chips last night. Good. No, they they weren't. I was I used my parents used to have a Greek restaurant, so I was like excited. I was hoarding them until I was stressed out enough to eat them. Which was oh right, they have those contests. Yeah, where they, like they did like biscuits and gravy. That was pretty good. I had that one. <laughs> I had all of them. Gito was the one. I, I had the serving. mac and cheese one. I think that was the bacon good. mac and cheese. Yeah. I tried that. Did you have the truffle? No, that was good. Um, so the way we end our show is we do something called a suggest this, which is oh. we, and it's okay. You didn't know we, we always like to spring it. So it's, all, uh, uh, but no the, pressure. Yeah. So basically we like to give the audience a suggestion. Uh, it could be a school of thought. It could be a life hack. It could be a movie, a TV show, a book you just read. It could be anything. It could be related to the conversation. It could not be related to the conversation. It could be anything. Uh, Chad, you got one for us today? Sure. I'll start off Mike. I would like to suggest everybody do this. Um, I don't know, if you're driving home from work, you probably always take the same route. Try taking a different route. Take a right turn where you would take a left, or go straight where you would normally turn, and, and you just get lost but find yourself home just one day, just one day this week. Just go a different route home, or if you're going somewhere, just take, if you have a little bit extra time, just take a different way and see what happens. And while you're doing that, you can. Uh, my suggestion can be implicated as well. And on the topic of like sexuality, there's this podcast that I, I really like, and it's it's not the Dan Savage one. It's Sex with Emily, and uh, I found it because she was on like the radio really early in the morning when I was going to the gym one day, and she's been doing this for years. Like there's over like 600 episodes. They like two two episodes a week. I don't know how they do it. But, like, it's just, it's fascinating. If, like, you're just, like, fascinated in, like, sexuality and sex in general, it's, like, a very nice and open conversation. They go through different topics and stuff like that. And, I like, I 
if I, I'm a, I'm kind of a completist, so I part of me is like oh, I can't even really get into this because I'm just never in any way going to get caught up. But uh, there are certain things that are fascinating, and it's really worth checking out. And she is a she is a really fascinating person, and they're funny. Uh, they'll bring different people on. Uh, it's really worth checking out. So while you're taking that different route home from work, you can listen to Sex with Emily in the car. And do you have any suggestions, Amy? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you don't feel like going home, in a couple months, there's a movie coming out I want to recommend because okay. I think it ties into this conversation. And I have to recommend a movie because, as you guys know, I'm a movie critic. Yeah. I'm the chief film critic for the LA Weekly. And this is a movie I saw last month in Toronto, and I'm in love with it. And it's called The Lobster. I am so excited to see this movie. I don't know anything about this, so please tell me. I will tell you. Um, It's a film by a Greek director named, I'm going to screw it up, I think it's Yorgos Lianthos or Lanthios or something. Oh, yeah. And he wrote it. it, it, There are two other Greek people who wrote the movie. It's with with other names that are hard to pronounce. I know. I grew up Greek Orthodox. You'd think I'd know how to do this. But he did a movie called Dogtooth, which was nominated for the Oscar for Mm -hmm. Foreign Language. Oh, I I do remember that movie, yeah. And it was real fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, the poster's like even fucked. Up, like. Yeah, it, that was that was a movie. That Lobster is also a movie. It is a real weird movie, and it stars Colin Farrell, and it takes place in a future society where um, humans have to mate, and if you don't have a partner, if you don't have a wife, you're sent to this re-education camp where you have to live for I think 40 days, and it's like a singles bar where you're supposed to meet these other people. You're, and if you don't, and if you don't find a person and get married and mate with them in 40 days, at the end of your term, you are turned into the animal of your choice. And um, Colin Farrell chooses a lobster. And it's about how he lives in that camp and then what's going on in the world outside of the camp. And it's really dark and really great. Wow. And if, if you watch the trailer, because this is one of the movies I'm most excited for, uh, it seems like the colors and all that stuff seem very light. It's very, and like John C. Riley's in it. And wow. I, would, I, think, yeah. I think Rachel Wise is Rachel in it. Wise is and in Leah Sado from, she's going to be Inspector, and she was in uh, Blue is the Warmest Color. Uh, it looks really good. Yeah, everyone's in it. It's amazing. So, I want to see that. All right. Well, I hope everybody sees it. I can't wait to Go see, see it. Go see it. Amy, this was great having you here. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to plug, anything going on that you want the audience to know or else we can find you and stuff? Uh, sure. Um, read the LA Weekly. Uh, I have a, pl- a podcast called The Canon on Wolf Pop slash Earwolf Network where my co-host and I, Devin Fracci, argue about the greatest movies of all time. You, should listen, you should definitely listen to it. I You've changed my opinion on a couple movies. Oh, like what? Well, um... Or ever uh, Star Wars versus Empire Strikes Back? Oh yeah! Like I was a huge component of like Empire Strikes Back. That's the best movie. And then after listening to I that, am, I was I, like, I, 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 all the points you made, I was like, that's fu- you're fucking right. Like, I'll, I'll listen to it because I believe Empire is the better movie. It, oh, I will change your mind. It's horrible. Yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> it really is a connecting film. Like you're right. Like it's like Princess oh, it Leia is. Like worst. what happened? Like, it's the second act. It's like it's that's all it really is. It's just the second act. Oh uh, yeah, but think about this. In the first movie, Princess Leia is a tough yeah. chick. And in the second movie, she's like, oh, I don't care if we're in a, like a plane, like running away from the bad guys. Are you flirting with me, Han? What's going on? Like she completely doesn't even yeah, ca- she totally care about the mission. Yeah. Oh, it drives me bonkers. Yeah, you're Thank right. You. You're so right. I guess. Oh, yeah, I appreciate and so, that. Um, well, if you want to uh, find to ask us more animal sex questions. Uh, <laughs> I'm at M. Solari on Twitter. I'm at Chad Fogland. And I'm at the Amy Nicholson. <laughs> the Amy Nicholson. Yeah, Amy Nicholson is a girl who took my handle before me. She's very nice. She lives in England, and she gets huh. my hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> Poor girl. <laughs> um, have a great one, everybody. Goodbye.